Welcome to the Envision Together, Going to Our Next Level of Best podcast. I'm your host, Pamela Mishana. Join me on this bi-weekly journey of empowerment, where you'll hear hands-on advice from lifestyle experts, educators, authors, spiritual leaders, and many more who will share tips on how to triumph personally, professionally, and spiritually. We explore timely topics such as overcoming anxiety and fear, educating the reluctant student, cultivating lasting relationships, and strengthening our faith. My hope is that the insights offered on the show will help us envision ourselves using our unique gifts and talents on greater levels for greater purposes. Welcome everyone to Envision Together. I am very pleased and honored to have Lamar Gross with us today. And she's going to share lots of wonderful things with us. And we'll start by having her just introduce herself and tell us anything that she wants us to know about herself. Hi, Pamela. Thank you so much for having me here today. Very excited to be here. So hi, everyone. My name is Lamar. And my background is actually very technical. I started my career over 20 years ago as a software engineer. And along the way, I grew into leadership positions. And I'm currently based in Israel. Got back here two years ago after spending nine years in the United States. Upon my return to Israel, I decided to make a career change. And I focused on my passion, which is supporting women in tech helping them through mentorship, helping them fulfill their their life mission and uh, grow in their careers. That is wonderful. One of the reasons I'm excited to have you is because you're such a trailblazer. Your resume is so impressive and I love your humble heart in wanting to help other women. And yes, we do need to do more things to attract women into certain professions like technology, science, math, and all of these things. So I'm sure you're going to share wonderful things with us today as we continue. So let's jump right in. Again, welcome. Glad to have you. In our previous conversation, you told me about some of the challenges that you face in being a female leader in your career field. So please revisit those experiences and flesh it out a bit more so my audience can really understand. Absolutely. I started my career as a software engineer and tech industry is very, very male dominant. Throughout my career, I worked predominantly with men. Mm. Many times I was the only woman. Sometimes I was one of a very small group of women, like maybe 10, 20%. Did you feel intimidated when you were in those situations where were you the only one or were you okay with it? In general, I was okay with it. Mm-hmm. But many times it felt, it felt lonely okay. and I felt I felt sometimes, you know, inconfident in my abilities and mm. um, just because men and women are very different. Again, it's a very, very high level generalization, but in general, men uh, are very, you know, competitive, ego driven, you know, occasionally, you know, they are aggressive, very generally, not all men are like that, but, yes. and, and it's not something bad, right. but they're just more, you know, more competitive in nature. Socialized and, and, and for me, Yeah. And for me, a lot of times I felt maybe I'm incompetent. 
Maybe I'm not good enough. It made me a lot of times feel judgmental towards myself Mm. and question my abilities. Okay. I've experienced some of that too. Not always female, male related, but just kind of in general navigating and careers. So tell us a a little bit more. Uh, Yeah. So I always had to um, push myself to get to the next level Mm-hmm. And nothing was handed on the silver platter. And again, it's not just about me being the woman, but in general, I think I was at the beginning of my career very naive. If I'll just do my job, someone will recognize that I'll be uh, moving up the ladder. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, usually it doesn't work that way. It doesn't mean that it cannot happen, but most of the times you really have to push yourself forward and ask. And for me, it was very difficult, to be honest. I feel very uncomfortable with asking for a promotion, for money, you know. Along the way in my career, I felt more and more confident in myself and comfortable with that. But at the beginning, it was very difficult. Yeah, you reminded me um, of really the kind of conversations we can have with ourselves. Sometimes we almost self-defeat ourselves with our negative thinking, our negative talk. Did you wrestle with any issues like that? Definitely. Many times I felt like, oh, what did I say? What did I do? I was judging myself too harshly. And I see that a lot with women I'm working with, that they are very, very harsh towards themselves and judge themselves too harshly, Mm -hmm. for sure. Okay. You once mentioned to me that society likes to put us in boxes, but we are many things. Expound on that. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, when I grew up, uh, I remember in high school, uh, there are not as many options as there are today uh, to choose from. So basically, you're either very good at math and and STEM, basically science Mm -hmm. um, subject, or you went more to humanity, like to literature and stuff like that. So I was good at math. I liked it. So I was put in a box already in high school that I'm very good at math and science. That drove me later on to choose a career in computer science. So that's what I chose, and that's what I started doing. But not necessarily that was the only thing I was meant to do and only thing I was good at. Along the way, I found out that actually I'm very good with people, and I'm a great listener. And I like leading people. I like working with clients. And I also found out that I like writing, and I like to express myself, both, you know, in writing or here, like in a podcast and like to help others. Mm -hmm. So I was put in a specific box that I'm very good at science. Did you buy into it initially? Did you think everybody just had this one thing? Absolutely. Okay. And over time you realized, wait a minute, I'm multi-talented. It took me years, but eventually I figured out, yeah, I can do more than one thing. Mm -hmm. I can be more than, for example, a software engineer. You know, we have a lot of talents, a lot, a lot of abilities, but many times we don't even think about those. That's so true. I've experienced that too, looking at myself in just one way. And I do think, I think our socialization does do a job on us and making us think that way. I don't think we're really raised to think of a plethora of things you're good at. They try to help you find your niche, your one thing that you're good at, and you you go for it. 
and you put your all into that area. But yeah, we're all such diverse, capable uh, human beings and we can do so many different things. So I'm glad that you discovered it. I'm glad that I discovered it. And I hope the people who are listening are either already on that journey or beginning to see themselves in in that way that they can do absolutely so many things and you know the danger in putting yourself in just a box or living in a box is if that doesn't work out if something happens in life where that area just closes off to you then you feel lost like what i'm i'm not good for anything if i can't do this then there's nothing else i can do and that's just absolutely not true <laughs> yeah absolutely you reached a high level of success and a well-paying job. I know that you attribute some of your success to having wonderful mentors and relationships along the way. I know that you had some some challenges along the way too, but you did have some people who were there for you. Can you tell us about those relationships and maybe how it's even given shape to what you're doing today? Absolutely, yeah. When I uh, was um, pregnant with my second child, I was a software engineer back then, and uh, there was an opening for an engineering manager at a company I worked for, and my husband really encouraged me to apply. I got this position, actually, and, and returning back from maternity leave, I started leading a team. It was a 25-people team. I was terrified. I didn't know what I was doing, to be honest with you. And luckily for me, a former manager of me really helped me really supported me. He was my mentor. Every time I had a challenge, something I wasn't sure of, I came to him and, and basically shared with him the challenge I was going through. And he was really listening, asking me the right questions and helping me, both helping me figure out what's the right thing to do and also giving me some, sharing some thoughts and, and you know, obviously from his experience. And I really you know, that was really what I needed. And that's what I'm trying to do today to help others. The way you know, he helped me, that was very significant. So paying it forward. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, that is so important. And I would just like to kind of put it out there too, that when you're in a place of leadership or authority, it's so important actually that leaders truly are confident when they feel that someone's out to get them, they may withhold knowledge. They may not be as supportive. So you have to really be working with a leader who's very confident in order to experience what you experience, to get that nurturing and mentorship. So that was a blessing in itself that you were working with someone who was confident and willing to support you in that way. Do you see that very much where people are struggling because there's no one around to really help them? I see that a lot, to be honest. And it's not because, and again, I want to emphasize, it's not because people are bad. I think what happens, and, and I manage for many years, I manage engineers and managers. What happens is that everyone is stressed out. And not to be honest, not everyone knows how to mentor. Not everyone right. knows. And then what happens is that people feel like they don't have anyone they can look up to who can help them. Mm -hmm. And take also into consideration that when you have challenges, it's a very vulnerable place. And a lot of time, especially for women, they even feel uncomfortable. Even if their boss is very supportive, a lot of times they feel uncomfortable sharing 
something that they are going through because they are concerns that their manager will see them them as not worthy or we see that as a weakness. So having someone external that they can open up to and share everything really helps them. Okay. Very good. I do like that you pointed out that not everyone's bad. Sometimes it's other things going on, like just being busy or overwhelmed with their own responsibilities. But I have to say, I have experienced situations where people were just so competitive that they weren't willing to help. I think both exist and people should yeah. be prepared to encounter both, but certainly look for those individuals who are willing to open up and mentor, whether it's on the job or through coaching, like what you do. Absolutely. And I can tell you, Pamela, that in my opinion, if you work in, in a workplace that is very competitive and people are not willing to help you because they are competitive, consider whether you want to work in that kind of place or not. Because I wouldn't want to work in a place like that. Right. (laughs) And it shouldn't be like that. You know, when I was hiring people to my team and hiring managers, I always look for the smartest people I can find because I wanted to have the best people around me, people that are smarter than me in, in a lot of things. Yes, that's the ideal situation. And, you know, I'm reflecting on myself when I was in situations like that. I think what affected me was my own self-esteem. It's like, I felt like I needed this job. I was a single income and I felt like I had to make it work. So I didn't have the courage to say, you know what, I can do better. Let me go look for something else. I do hope that there's people out there, if they're in a bad situation, they can find the wherewithal to change and look for a better situation. Yeah, for sure. I know that you left a very high paying job. You're experiencing uh, high levels of success and leadership and one of the few female leaders in your field, but you left it. You made that decision Uh, not because you were squeezed out. It was just what you believed was right for you. So what has your journey been and what's your discovery since you left that job and would you do it again? Yeah, great question. So, yeah, it took me years, by the way, Pamela, to realize that. I felt for many years that, I mean, I was successful. I was making a lot of money. I was doing a pretty good job, but I felt that was not the right path for me. And at certain point, when I looked up and I said, okay, what's next? Mm-hmm. I felt like, no, that's not what I want. I saw that as you go to more executive roles, it gets a lot about you know, corporate politics and all that, and less about execution. And I didn't feel like that that's what I wanted. And along the way, also, I started mentoring and I started working with women. And I enjoyed that a lot. And I was also always passionate about hiring women and helping women in my organization grow and succeed. And I found out a company called Power to Fly. When I still lived lived in Texas back then, and they did an event for Microsoft, the Dallas, and uh, I went there just to see what they're doing. And I fell in love with what they're doing. They're supporting Mm -hmm. women and underrepresented groups. So I convinced the company I worked at at the time, DigitalOcean, to work with Power to Fly as a client. And I started working with them to hire more women. And when I got back here to Israel two years ago, I decided that I want to stop what I was doing. So I left. I wasn't sure exactly what I will do, but I I knew that it would be something around supporting women. You know, 
things happen. And I started working with Power to Fly actually now as a consultant. I created a mentorship program for women and underrepresented talent. And I also work with individuals. I work with women on different things, mostly career, but also with LinkedIn and personal branding. It kind of goes hand in hand, to be honest with you, Mm -hmm. even if they're not looking for a job because the work we do on LinkedIn helps them figure out what they're capable of, mm-hmm. what their strength, what what are the possibilities for them? It really helps. Yeah, so that's kind of what I'm focused on, and uh, it fills me with a lot of joy. So it's really a journey of fulfillment. It's you are following your heart in terms of what feels right. Uh, Absolutely. Okay, good. It takes a lot of courage actually to do that because so many times we feel stuck. I know it was very difficult decision for me to make, to be honest. It wasn't easy at all. But because I already moved countries, right? I made such a big move mm-hmm. in my life going back here mm-hmm. that I decided that was the right opportunity to make yet another change. Otherwise, if I just continue on the same path, it would be more difficult mm-hmm. to change it later on. So I know you have a husband. Does he support these, these changes and shifts that you're making? Absolutely. He's fully supportive of me. And without him, I mean, it would be very, very difficult, right? Because he gives me the support I need. Sometimes when I have days, I feel, oh, I'm doubting myself. What am I doing? You know, am I doing the right thing? Am I crazy or what? So So he encouraged me and he said, yeah, you're good. I, I know that you're doing good things. And I know that you're helping people. You're helping women and you're impacting their lives. You have to continue doing so. So he gives me a lot of to be honest, a lot of emotional support. Wow. Freedom, emotional support. That's great. Yeah. So what is one of the biggest mistakes or obstacles that you see in the way of women? Is it is it something you've noticed that women in particular do that kind of gets in their own way? I think just not believing in themselves, being too harsh, too judgmental, mm-hmm. and not having enough confidence. I see that all the time. What are some of the obstacles that you think maybe companies present, knowingly or unknowingly? I think not giving those women, this is one of the things I'm really trying to do, not giving those women someone to support them, a mentor and a sponsor, Mm. to give them the support they need, not realizing that, you know, especially women that are surrounded by mostly men Mm. may suffer from challenges that men do not. They may feel left out. They may feel intimidated by the culture around them and they need some more attention and uh, more intentional support. That makes sense. And it's almost even an easy solution. When you hire women into some of these areas, make sure there's a support system around them. Be very intentional. Absolutely. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. So tell us a little bit more about your freelance work today. Uh, You mentioned before that you're on a journey uh, transitioning. Tell us more about what that means. Yeah, I'm on a journey, right? So I I mentor, as I said, I mentor. I work with Power to Fly. And I also uh, going through coaching certification right now. Actually, the training is almost over and I'm going to start practicing with coaching. Coaching is a little bit different than what I'm doing today. I'm mentoring. So basically mentoring is like bringing my own experiences and a lot of times sharing things I'm doing. Coaching is more, you know, approach that is more 
listening and helping someone reach their own answers within. So I can help more people, not necessarily people in a specific field I'm coming from. I see. So when you're mentoring, you're sharing from your exact experience and things that you face. When you're coaching, you're paying attention to who the person is and then maybe even taking a Socratic style of questioning or inquiry to help them discover what they want. Yes, yes. Yes, and that way I can work with a wide variety of women, not necessarily women just in the specific, you know, field I'm coming from. Mm -hmm. And what are some of the fields that women are in that you are working with currently? Currently, I'm mostly working with women in the tech industry in different roles. Okay. What do you know that can be a bridge to help someone get to their next level of best in terms of, I guess we'll speak specifically to women? Or maybe even a young, a young girl, someone who's in school and maybe they haven't believed enough in themselves to um, go into a tech field or math field or STEM areas. Yeah, I think, and this is what I'm trying to do with my girls also. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have two girls and two boys and, and I'm trying to write for my kids what, what I want them to kind of come up with it that they have infinite possibilities in life and I want them to follow their passion Mm -hmm. and not just think about what kind of job I'm going to get out of it and how I'm, you know, eventually we all want to get paid and we need to make a living, but I don't want that to be the main driving force behind what they're choosing to do. I want them first to focus on what they love doing, what they're passionate about, what they're good at Mm -hmm. and experiment Luckily today, I mean, in school, they have a lot of opportunities to be exposed to different things like art, like, like science, you know, humanities, dif- different subjects. They can experiment and figure out what they like and go from there. Well, good. Um, what you're saying to your, your kids, obviously it fits the whole spectrum, I guess, of all kids out there. But guess what? It speaks to middle-aged people too. If you got stuck in in one of those boxes that we referred to um, before, it's never too late. I mean, it's you're never too late right now. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> and and I'm, I'm transition. Yeah, and I'm learning too, right? I'm 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 learning, and I want to continue learning. It never ends. Yeah, and it is something about doing what you love. That's just a, a game changer. And the joy and richness that comes from that, it ultimately spills over. And yes, we all have to be mindful of making an income, a tangible income that can help us just survive in life. But when you do what you're good at and you're passionate about, you bring so much to it that the rest will come. I I believe that if you bring value to the world, you will get rewarded for that. Yes. Mm -hmm. What is a final gem that you would leave with my audience about something we've talked about today or something we didn't touch on today that you just think is so valuable? If they forget most of the things that we talked about today, what do you want them to really hold on to? Yes, I think related to what we talked about, I want people to get out of today realizing that there are more in life than they currently can see. Hmm. There are infinite possibilities, especially today when everything is virtual. Mm -hmm. Literally, there are infinite possibilities. Mm -hmm. And I want to encourage people to open their minds and figure out 
what they're good at, mm-hmm. what do they love doing, and what brings value to the world. The combination between those three can be their next path in life. Mm-hmm. And sometimes people are stuck. They, they don't know how to get to that. So there's a great exercise they can do. They can just go and ask people around them. They can go and ask colleagues, family, friends to tell them, tell them three things about themselves. What are three things I'm really good at? And what are three things that maybe I need to improve on? And just doing that can open their mind Mm -hmm. to things they haven't thought about. Right. You know, that is so important because a lot of times other people can see in us what we don't see in ourselves. We tend to undervalue ourselves. Like we might have a really great skill that everybody else can see, but you don't. Maybe you even see it, but you don't value it. You don't see how you can use it to greatly benefit others. So I think that's really good advice. You're a coach now. I know that you live in Israel, but if people want to connect with you, work with you, get coaching from you, how can they do that? How can they connect with you, uh, contact you? Yeah, so they they can um, find me on LinkedIn. It's Limor Bergman. And they can also, I have an updated website I'm launching soon, limorbergman.com. So they can go to the website. Mm-hmm. And I'm happy to help in any way that I can. Wonderful. And I love your spirit. I like that you, it's genuine. It's coming across that you just love to help people. So I just want to make sure people can find you. So you spell her name, L-I-M-O-R, and then Bergman. B-E-R-G-M-A-N. Yeah, thank you so much, Pamela. I appreciate you being a guest today. Is there anything I left out that you'd like to share? No, I think we covered everything. Thank you so much, Pamela, for having me today. It was a great pleasure. Uh, The pleasure's all been mine. All right. And uh, enjoy Israel. I was there a couple of years ago. It's a wonderful place. (laughs) Yeah, it is. It is. The weather is getting really nice now. All right. And thanks again for being a guest on Envision Together. My pleasure. Well, friends, thanks for joining me for another episode of the Envision Together going to our next level of best podcast. I hope today's topic inspired you to envision a brighter future getting to your next level of best and to urge others to reach theirs as well. If you are encouraged by today's episode, Subscribe and share it with your family and friends. Also, please write a review. It will help me to reach a wider audience with a message of hope and inspiration. Don't forget to follow me on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, and share your thoughts about today's episode. Until next time, envision the future you want to see.